We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are back with another wonderful edition of the Inns No Ball podcast. Super excited to be talking Steelers, Cardinals in preparation for, is this week 13? 13, which is messed up. What? Yeah. I know. Is that the sickest thing you ever heard? That we're it's really, doing? yeah, it really comes at you so fast. I mean, I guess I should, it should be understandable. It's almost dark out at 3 p.m. Eastern yeah. here in New York. Like it's, it's about that time of the year, I suppose. <laughs> brutal. Absolutely brutal. But uh, yeah, definitely excited to be talking Steelers Cardinals. Uh, this roster draft that we do at the end of this podcast for people who, haven't listened before and a first-time listener, first of all, welcome. Second of all, on these preview podcasts that we do for the upcoming game, we draft from the healthy players. Oh, the healthy players is going to make this even wilder. The healthy players that are available for this game on from each team's roster. Um, and so we draft from those players, and then we make a uh, – we, we don't do quarterbacks either, by the way, um, which is going to take another Cardinal off the table probably. <laughs> so uh, this should be a very fun exercise because the Cardinals uh, might be the worst roster in the NFL talent-wise. Like, they're up there. So anyway, before we get to that, though, Brad, let's talk about this Cardinals team and where they rank across the league. I'm just going to start with this. 30th in point differential. This is not a team that's just been bad. They've been very bad. This is one of the teams in the NFL right now that you can say – Nothing to play for, need to solidify a higher draft pick, basically just getting Kyler, like getting his legs under him so he's ready to go for next season. He doesn't have this incredible amount of rust. Um, he's coming off a season where he actually gets out there. He hasn't been good since he's been back. I'll get into some stats on that. What is there to be optimistic about if you're a Cardinals fan right now? I think situationally is what you take away, and you try to look at the coaching and isolate that. So for most of the season, they've been very good on scripted drives on offense, um, both at the first half and the second half of games. It has fallen off a little bit, but they were top 10 for the first like eight weeks of the season. Um, other situational you know, components here, they're actually seventh in red zone touchdown efficiency. So um, they aren't getting there as often as our teams, obviously. They've actually been to the red zone more than the Steelers this year, and they've converted 16 of 26 red zone drives into touchdowns, which is seventh in the NFL. Steelers 10 of 22, 45%, 26th in the NFL. I'm sure no one is surprised by the second number there, but the first one uh, is obviously, you know, a bit surprising for Arizona. So it's stuff like that. Like they, they do, I think, mm -hmm. in areas where you probably could point to coaching more so. Um, then, you know, just between the 20s, middle of games, like, you know, just where talent just shines through. Um, I think that's where you, you have solace as a Cardinals fan. And then also for me, I think their draft class has been awesome. Um, 
Paris Johnson looks good. Uh, Garrett Williams is now back playing. The, the Syracuse corner, who I loved before he got hurt. B.J. Ojolari, the LSU edge rusher, has been good since he's been healthy. Um, and, and Michael Wilson, the, the rookie receiver out of, I want to say Stanford, who, who I didn't watch at all. But he's been right. he's been good, too. So the, that class is the most exciting thing. Keechel Clark, I love in the slot. He's struggled a little bit. But but they're all playing. Um, and, and they're all, like, NFL players, which which is a positive. Yeah, I don't know if there's any. I mean, you hope Paris Johnson's the high upside guy, kind of that you that can develop into a stud for you um, on this team right now, uh, amongst their rookie class. Basically, there might be some other players in there. I also was very intrigued by Garrett Williams, the corner. Is he starting now? It's by the way, very difficult to keep up with who is starting for this team. Brad and I were talking beforehand, and I think it might take too long to be able to figure this out or run the numbers. The Cardinals only have three defensive players that have played more than 473 snaps this season. So they are, I mean, Jalen Thompson has played 650. Marco Wilson's played 694 and been one of the worst corners in the league. And Kaiser White, who is now out for the season leads them in snaps at 708 on defense. So this is a defense by committee. I don't know that I've seen anything like this, Brad, where at this point in time, 240 plus snaps this season have been played by 21 defenders for the Cardinals this season. That is one of the craziest numbers I have ever seen. They have just been a rotating door of different bodies, different players, and nobody has given them profoundly different results to this point. Obviously, Williams is a guy, like you said, that you want to play at corner and see what he can do the rest of the season. You definitely want to see uh, Baker and Thompson at safety is probably your defensive strength. That might be the one spot if you hold on to those guys long term where you feel good about where you where you're at roster wise. Pretty much every other position on this team is up for grabs in terms of who's going to be a starter long term. I don't know if we would bet on anybody else. Ojolari's flashed, but can he be an every down player? Like I don't know if we would say anybody else is set in stone on this defense right now. Oh, yeah, and so the, to the Garrett Williams question, he's starting in nickel as the slot, which I find kind of interesting. Um, and then Keechel Clark is on the outside, not only just because of wow. size and yeah, it, which I think is kind of bizarre, not only just because of size and measurables and, and how they played in college, but I think Clark's also a guy that's willing to throw his body around and run defense and, and come up and make plays like w- what you would ask for from a slot corner, especially in the defense that Gannon tends to run. Um, like you look back at Philadelphia and how he used Devontae Maddox and, and just different. Um, you know, back in Minnesota, some of the guys he coached when he was the defensive, uh, you know, the special, yeah, the the uh, secondary coach with the Vikings too. Like that's been an important position to them. So maybe they do just want to put their most talented player there, uh, which is you know Garrett Williams at this juncture. But I do find that interesting. But yeah, like you said, that that side of the ball, it's your two safeties, and then your best players are guys that are realistically rotational pieces for any other team in the NFL. And I was Marco Wilson hurt or benched now. I, th- I believe he got benched. He might okay, also be he, hurt. I think he was he was probably getting benched regardless. Okay. So it is now Cottrell Clark, who you mentioned, as an outside corner. And then splitting time, it looks like almost, is Starling Thomas, the fifth, and Devod Wilson. I Starling think Thomas, saying. the fifth, I see. Yeah, yeah, that, that is correct. Yes. <laughs> and then Garrett Williams, Williams in the slot, and Jalen Thompson, and... Buda Baker, who've actually been there together a couple of years now, are at safety together. Um, Baker, by the way, playing mostly free safety in the box, not necessarily playing in the slot. There were times in his career where he played more in the slot. Um, this is just a, a crazy group of players. I mean, there I know nothing about some of these players. And I am 
NFL junkie. I'm not doing the draft stuff like I used to in the past, but Josh Woods is the middle linebacker for this team. He played 67 snaps. Like, what's there's happening legend. here? There's legend Josh Woods. Yeah, no, there are some names that you see here that you, like, remember rotating through, like, practice squads of other teams and whatnot. Um, yeah. They have, like, yeah. some, some Wiley veterans, too. Like, we're talking about the corners a bunch. Like, Antonio Hamilton, um, if people remember from last season's, like, in-season hard knocks, is a cool story, kind of a journeyman vet who's decent at times. But, yeah, no, it's, it's like, hard to keep up, like you said. Like, who is playing on a week-to-week basis um, is a bit of a challenge here. And I think it, at the end of the day, like, We'll talk about both sides of the ball. There are some interesting pieces, I suppose, but just in the trenches up the middle, like you're, you're just you're just not going to compete at the NFL level when you just don't have the horses, you know, on both sides of the ball in in the trenches. Yeah, exactly right. This is the middle of the Cardinals defense is probably one of the worst groups I've ever seen. Like if you're talking defensive tackle to off ball linebacker, if you don't want to, if you don't include safeties in that, because obviously I like Baker and Thompson's been an underrated player for a while, has three picks this year. Good, good ball player. Um, I just think the the defensive tackle group is one of the worst I've seen. Even the players I know in that group that I've watched before, I've just never really been impressed by. Never thought their tape was very good. Linebacker, it's been a revolving door. There's a bunch of different players that have seen snaps for them this season. White was decent, I would say, by his career standards, you know, um, this season, uh, but was is now out for the year as, a, as an off-ball linebacker there. He's been like a covered specialist player other times in his career. So it's Josh Woods here. Um, who else is playing linebacker for this team? Because Zayvon Collins moved to edge. Uh, Chris where Barnes he's been, plays some, former Packer. Yeah, Chris Barnes plays a little bit. Uh, he's the highest yeah. graded player on their defense per yeah. PFF, but it, he doesn't really play that much either uh, at this point. Although now he's probably playing more um, with um, with uh, Kaiser White out for the year. Uh, Ezekiel Turner seen some time at off-ball linebacker. This is just a – yeah, I mean – if you were just an average NFL fan, even if you're a diehard NFL fan, I would say you like there's a lot of guys you don't know anything about, like what their game is in this game. So that kind of gives you just a quick rundown of the players. And we can touch on those as we go, Brad. But I want to hit you with some statistics on this defense because I knew it was bad um, because I've watched Cardinals live a couple of times. I'm like, man, this defense is pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, I know they don't have talent, but pretty bad. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about it other than that. 31st in EPA per play defensively this season. 28th and drop back EPA per play. So that is EPA per play against the pass. 25th in rush EPA per play this season. 31st in percentage of opposing drives that end in points for the opponent. 19.9% blitz rate, right? 29th highest in the league, so they hardly blitz at all. They're 31st in pressure percentage. I think the two are sort of hand-in-hand. There, They don't, you know, Gannon thing, right? He doesn't blitz. Uh, He wants to rush with four. Good luck with this group. We'll talk. There's maybe a little bit of optimism there with this group. Um, so that's an interesting wrinkle point. We'll press in on that maybe a little bit more. 23rd in red zone defense, 32nd in third down defense. This is the worst third down defense in the league. And it's not even really that close. I think they're 47% they're giving up on third down. The next closest I want to say was 43. Is that right? I was looking at success rate, which they're dead last in as well. Okay. Um, third down. <laughs> You keep going. I'll find. That's what I have is 27th in yards per attempt. So you name it, they are giving it up on defense. (laughs) Like it it is so bad. Uh, And some of that is the talent, obviously. 
I always thought this was kind of a vanilla, like Gannon was kind of a vanilla defensive coordinator in terms of how he called defense. Um, I do think in the past he's kind of gotten the most out of players at certain positions anyway. Um, but there's just like nothing even here like to work with really. So I don't think it's fair to like condemn him for this. But when you combine like a defense that in Philly I thought was good, but then when they faced good opponents got exposed a little bit with unreal talent in Philly. And now you go the worst, least talented defense in the league with that scheme. It's no surprise you're at the bottom of the league in basically every category. Yeah, I had them dead last in third down conversion rate allowed uh, as well. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and no matter how you slice this thing, um, they, they are very, very poor. And I think it's particularly noted, like, there are some bad defenses across the league that are made, like the Bucks, for example, your Bucks, like good run mm-hmm. defense, horrific in coverage. The others are vice versa. Like, they're just bad in everything. Um, yeah. You know, and... and it helps to have like one thing to lean on and just make it so opposing offenses like maybe have to do things differently or have to lean on a particular you know piece of their game. You can do whatever you want uh, against this defense. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Um, I'm if you're Pittsburgh, the whole thing is open to you basically. Um, but also it does put some pressure. Like the Steelers are still not a good offense, despite the fact that they are getting better offensively. And you hope the absence of Matt Canada can continue to have this group moving in the right direction now with some more time to work together. But yeah, there's the reality that like this is about as bad as it gets. So if you don't put up points and you don't produce this week, if you don't hit that 30 point mark, if you don't do some things like that, you just might be really bad. Like the rest of the way, you just might not have that high of a ceiling. So last week, Felt like they were better than their point output. Think there was a touchdown off the board they should have had, obviously. Perhaps more points if Tomlin's aggressive. Had some breaks go against them, even on the Bengals' touchdown drive. Still found a way to win the game. Had a strong second half. This week, if they just don't, if they come out and just don't screw around and just execute well and don't shoot themselves in the foot, this can actually be a game that even, even the 2023 Pittsburgh Steelers dominate. Because we'll get to the Cardinals' issues on the offensive side of the ball, too, which are plentiful. This is against a team that I am not – they've lost their way basically this season. Like they are not – they are no longer the – oh, the Cardinals, pretty edgy early in the season. Everybody was like, yeah, they're bad, but they're going to fight you. No, that hasn't happened for a while with this group. Uh, they just haven't been that competitive or that good. The point differential speaks to that, obviously. The Rams blew them out last week. The Texans, they did – they were plucky in that game. They hung around a bit against the Texans, beat the Falcons, and beat the Cowboys, by the way. That could be two two, two playoff teams, I would say. But there just hasn't been – I mean, got shut out by the Browns. Like, they just have had a lot of games this year where they're just not really competing. Um, and the scoreboard, honestly, I think they should be – with this point, I actually think it's a feather in Gannon's cap that with that point differential and with this talent, they actually aren't worse defensively in a lot of these categories. I mean, some are at the bottom of the league, but – they're really like they have absolutely no business being anything but 32nd in every defensive category. And the Steelers should be doing everything they possibly can to get them there, especially with how the Steelers improved running the ball and the flashes Kenny showed last week. We'll say the one thing that you could maybe try to just, you know, exercise some caution. So, yeah, overall, they're terrible in pretty much everything and a lot of his success rate. However, and this is more Gannon, I think this is very much so scheme dependent. You look at the explosive pass plays allowed. They're actually top half of the NFL um, yards after contact and yards after reception or yards after the catch per reception. They're top half of the NFL. So they do require you to like matriculate the ball down the field. They're not going to give up a ton of explosives. They're just going to sit back in a lot of zone. 
So, you know, Pittsburgh needs to actually sustain drives and, and you know, have some eight, nine, ten yard play uh, drives like the explosives. They're still there. But, you know, top half of the NFL on a bunch of those metrics because they just sit back and dare you to win underneath and, and complete a bunch of, uh, you know, intermediate passes over and over and over again, which everyone's been able to do. Uh, but you, you still have to do. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, they are that kind of defense, right? They're going to run up, tackle the catch. Uh, they're death by a thousand cuts rather than giving up a splash play. Probably one of the reasons why they actually haven't been outscored even more this season is because it takes teams a long time to score against them, and you have to play pretty clean uh, football to be able to do that against them. Um, so, yeah, it's absolutely possible that the Steelers just aren't able to hit the explosives that they're trying to hunt. Uh, maybe they're not consistent enough down to down to be able to string plays together. Um, and win this game or, or dominate this game, I should say, offensively. But overall, there's just going to be a lot of options there for them in terms of ways to attack this team. I would say that some of the guys that have flashed are Ojolari starting to play more as an edge rusher, BJ Ojolari from LSU rookie. Um, Dennis Gardeck has always been like a pretty good situational long and late downs rusher, sub rusher type of player for them. Dangerous on the twist game up front. Um, so he's another one to watch out for. Um, who else? The, the Duke guy, what's his name again? Uh, uh, yeah, he's, he's actually played in games that I've watched them. He's flashed a little bit for me. So even though their pressure rates low, they do tend to have, I think, I think some of their guys individually are not that bad. Like every down players, probably not, but I think they have a decent group on the edge. Like in terms of rotational guys, they need probably starters or at least one star maybe to build the thing around and maybe Ojolari becomes that guy we'll see. He's got 15 pressures and four sacks so far this season. Um, but right now, that's probably where they're hurting the most. They don't have that stud. But there are other guys on the outside, I think, of this defense that can make it work. It's on the inside where they just don't really have a pass rush threat. They don't have anybody to even get excited about in terms of their interior defensive line group. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I mean, Sumalo and James Daniels should dominate this football game. Like, like they're in both the run and the pass, it should be a dominant outing for them. And yeah, I mean, that's the thing too. Like this defense is really just soft. And if you do want to just sustain these longer drives, like you're going to have to just win, um, you know, up the middle, you're not going to be able to attack the boundary as much. Like you said, like they are just going to be, they kind of play outside in and kind of just force you to, like you said, they get the get rid of the ball and they're going to gang tackle um, and, and crash and, and make a play. So, yeah, the, but the interior is the way to attack this defense. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the corners are still young and susceptible. Um, 
but you know, it's, it's all zone and they're just going to sit back there. And and so it's really more about just executing than anything. Right. Yeah. Zone heavy. That is going to be, that's an interesting wrinkle to this. Kenny has been better against man cover defenses, better numbers, I think better tape against man heavy defenses. And so is he able to be patient? Is he able to take what's there? Is he able to throw with anticipation into windows? That's a huge part of this. I think um, it's not holding the ball forever here. They kind of, our defense is built hoping that you'll make the mistake and they can get home with four. Um, they haven't been able to get home with four that often this season. And so I feel like, um, yeah, it's part of it is just making sure the offensive line holds up in protection, but uh, it's definitely a game that Kenny, you know, has going to have talent advantages all around the field in terms of his matchups on the outside and Pickens and Johnson, there's going to be nobody that can cover those guys and match up nobody with fire moves. So they're going to have lots of places to pick at in terms of this defense it's just going to be very interesting to see if Kenny's able to have the kind of game that he's capable of having, or if it's just like, no, this type of coverage and this type of defense, I just can't solve. Like I'm not good enough to be able to solve this type of a group. Um, and so it'll be, it still be a good test for him more schematically than talent wise. Uh, but if he struggles in this game, it it should tell us a lot because it really doesn't get much easier talent wise, like to be able to win a game than, than this one uh, offensively. I don't like to do a lot of these splits and breakdowns. I do look at it, but I don't you know, comment on it much because it shrinks sample sizes. But for, for whatever it's worth, the Cardinals lead the NFL in the rate of quarters coverage. Um, Kenny is 12th in PFF passing grade against quarters specifically. Hmm. Um, so maybe he's better against some two high looks than single high, you know, cover three uh, type yeah. schemes. But anyway, yeah, like I said, for what that's worth, I, not a great data point to point to. But um, anyway. Bengals were a decent amount of split safeties too. I, I don't have those numbers, but like you do, but I think they're a decent amount of split safeties. So well. I don't know quarters or cover two, whatever it might be, but I, I know, I think they were, and he obviously played pretty well there. So yeah, middle of the field open. Maybe you got your guy, especially because I don't think the Cardinals are going to be running them. Now watch one of these guys will run the middle of the field as a Mike backer and make that play that the bank, that Logan Wilson couldn't make last week, you know, of course, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, Bengals are eighth in rate of cover two. So, you know, they, they they mix stuff a ton. They might be the most diverse or one of the most diverse with Anarumo, um, you know, in the league, but definitely a lot of two high looks. Yeah, that's what I figured. Uh, okay, uh, anything else to say about the Cardinals' defense against the Steelers' offense? Anything else about that matchup compels you? I mean, I think you are going to see a rotation too. So I think that is the key is kind of like doing your homework and knowing how these each different guys win. Like they've started putting Zayvon Collins on the interior a little bit too on pass rushing downs. And, you know, cause it's funny. Yeah. He goes from off ball linebacker to like a five tech, uh, but you know, they're doing, you know, they, they mix things up. So yeah, you got to do a lot of scouting on a week to week basis. Like you said, you don't even really know who's playing. Uh, so you need to, you need to be familiar with like 25 guys on either side of the ball. Yeah. No, it's true. You really do. That is a, an added wrinkle of, of probably hurts the defense is continuity, but it definitely hurts the offense as well. So, yeah, lots of PFF grades in the red for these guys last week. Uh, did not have their best game for sure against the Rams. I don't know that the the Steelers are going to be bringing it like that, but uh, definitely not a group playing well right now. So let's flip and talk about the offense. It's probably the most intri- more intriguing side to people because Kyler Murray's back, right? So the offense, you mentioned some of the offensive line. You mentioned Paris Johnson. Uh, Froholt at center uh, has been a decent solid player for them for a couple of years now. Uh, DJ Humphreys at left tackle. I know he's ne- maybe never been the star people envisioned, but he gets like no love at all. And I feel like he's a pretty solid player and nobody ever talks about him. He's been there like eight years now. Like I think 
Like, there for a long time. Yeah, no. Uh, and he's got the third contract now. Um, yeah, I agree. He's not like a superstar, but he's a very capable left tackle. He missed time last year, so maybe that got held against him. Uh, Josh Jones started like week nine through the end of the season, but Humphreys is definitely a good player. I, 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 I'm not sure why, you know, I don't know. Maybe he kind of falls in the Donovan Smith range where like his bad plays look very bad. I'm not talking about current Donovan yeah. Smith, but like, you know, Bucks 2020 Fine. Donovan Smith. <laughs> Um, he's kind of in that kind of bucket where he's talented, but there are some ugly reps, uh, you know, on tape. They have talent on offense. This is the side of the ball where it's a little bit more frustrating to me because I'm about to read their numbers and they aren't pretty at all either. Um, but Marquise Brown is you know, definitely a guy that, although this year it's been weird, he's not really stretched the field basically at all. In fact, their offense hasn't really created explosives at all down the field, but uh, Marquise Brown, Trey McBride is having a breakout year, a tight end. That's encouraging. They actually just re- let Zach Ertz go uh, earlier today. Um, they released him, and he'll be on the waiver wire because they want to lean into McBride and because Ertz probably said, I'd like to go try to win something that matters, please. Um, and Michael Wilson has flashed as well. He's been kind of – if you call anybody their big play guy, it's been him. He has 28 catches this year, but for 435 yards. So he's averaging 15.5 per catch. Rondell Moore still a dangerous guy in the screen game. Like If Wilson keeps developing, that's a pretty decent top three. I mean, it's not – you know, elite or anything, but it's a pretty decent top three receivers. Plus you have McBride in there. So they have weapons. Dorch made a great catch. Was it last week? I think Dorch made a awesome catch in the end zone for a touchdown. James Connors, a very good running back, I think. So this is kind of an exciting group. And then you add Kyler Murray to that. It should be okay, right? Like offensive lines are horrible. Like it should be fine. No, they are 28th in EPA per play this season. Oh, has it just been because Kyler's not there? No, 27th in EPA per play in the three games that Kyler's played this season, 28th and drop back EPA per play this season. Well, 28th, has it been better? Drop back EPA, that's the pass game, right? Has that been better with Kyler? No, 29th with Kyler in the games that he's been back. So actually a little bit worse. 12th in rush EPA per play this season. So they're up to, so they're, they're uh, they were fifth before Kyler. That's pretty much, uh, or fifth since the last couple of weeks with Kyler. So his legs, when he has run, has added something to it. He's not run a ton, but that has added something of, of value to the, actually wait, rush EPA. Do they count quarterback runs? Quarterback they runs, do, or we do. Um, and that is the one bright spot for them for sure. Uh, they can run the ball. I mean, they're sixth yeah, in explosive sure. rushes too. Like that. And, and they've obviously missed Connor for a while. So yeah, they, I, for us, it includes quarterbacks. I don't know how everybody does it. Yeah. Yeah, I think they do. If it's a design run, at least they do. Yeah, Design run, yeah. Scrambles for us would be pass. Right, we would be pass, right. Okay, I don't know what the breakdown of Kyler Murray's 14 runs are this season, but uh, he's 86 yards. Almost all scramble, I will say. I think it's for him, I think it's almost all scrambles. They haven't really designed run to him. I remember one, uh, but yeah, it's very few. And but Connor's averaging over five yards to carry this season. Uh, Demarcado's averaging, he only has 210 yards on the ground, but he's averaging over four yards a pop. Rondale Moore has 23 carries for them this season. So he is their their gadget guy. He's averaging almost seven yards a carry. Uh, and then you have Kyler Murray as well. So they are getting production out of the run game, especially with Connor back. He playing his old team. Anybody who knows James Connor, he is going to play as hard as he possibly can. I actually have to look to see if he has played Pittsburgh since leaving Pittsburgh. I don't remember. It's a good shout. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'd, I'll look at that while we're talking, while you're talking on the next thing. But yeah, tr- so the run game is the one thing they can do. This year, you were talking about the lack of explosive or the lack of explosives they give up defensively, which being the one good thing. They don't get those explosives on offense. 27th and 20 plus yard pass plays this season. These aren't air yards. These are just pass plays in general that gain 20 or more yards. And 31st 
in 40 plus air, or yard pass completions this season. Uh, again, not air, it's counting yak. And so they've only got three of those 40 plus yard plays through the air this season. So yeah, they're near the bottom of the league in that regard. And that's again, not something that has looked better since Kyler's returned as compared to the Josh Dobbs era. Um, you know, this is now talking air yards on throws, 10 plus yards downfield. Kyler is 14 of 36 with two touchdowns and two picks on throws, 20 plus yards downfield. He's five of 15 with a touchdown and a pick. Um, he's been efficient on play action. He does have two picks and no touchdowns, but um, 15 to 21 for 173 yards. But yeah, I mean, he just has not been good since he's returned. Third and fourth down, conversion rates around 60%, decent. Um, but, you know, and, and the way they they set up this offense, they do get, like, they they prioritize. And the, early in the year, it was, like, attacking on early downs, trying to convert, um, you know, new series of downs on first and second down. There's been a little bit of a shift of, you know, getting third and manageables as the time has gone on over the course of the year. But, yeah, I mean, Kyler has really, really struggled. It, it is going to be the run game that's going to keep them in this game if anything does. Um, and then just timely, you know, third down conversions. And like I said, they have been good when they get in the red zone. I, I like Drew Petzing, their offensive coordinator. I think he is a good, uh, in particular, run game designer. I th- I want to say that's his his background um, from Cleveland and, and other stops. I could be wrong on that, but I, I think that is the case. Um, and I've always liked the, the, the run scheme where he's wherever he's been. Um, you know, obviously Stefanski had a, had a big role in that in Cleveland as well, but I think he's good. I, I think he knows what he's doing. I think, like I've said five times, they just don't really have the horses. <laughs> I uh, was, my suspicions were correct that this is the first time that he has played, that James Conner has played the Pittsburgh Steelers. So he, uh, this will be the, this will be his first opportunity for a revenge game, despite three years, it being three years since he was in Pittsburgh. Uh, this will be his first opportunity for that. So we'll be interested to see how he plays. Hopefully he fares better than, Kyler Murray has against the Steelers in the course of his career. He's only played the Steelers one time, but he was intercepted three times in that game. They sacked him five times. Um, yeah, it was just a struggle the entire game uh, for Kyler Murray in that one. Uh, Pittsburgh really had his number. He made a lot of critical mistakes in that one. However, I'm not sleeping on the Cardinals offense, but <laughs> I think the Steelers defensive success of recent, uh, not that they are amazing, but if there's a game that the Cardinals passing attack and Kyler Murray can kind of get off the schneid against, it's this one against Pittsburgh. This one against this secondary. This isn't a game where Porter's got an obvious matchup guy, I feel like. Uh, this one where they can kind of game plan around something like that. I am just curious to see how Pittsburgh approaches it defensively. I feel like Arizona is decent enough up front. And I think that Kyler with his legs and the things he can create – Pittsburgh can get sloppy fundamentally at times, get sloppy and contain. I think that that um, could be something that the Cardinals take advantage of. I think they'll, they could, yes, by the way, the Steelers have been unbelievable in run defense since Cam Hayward returned. They were, they've were they been pretty good all season, but a lot of this is teams just choosing to throw the ball more against them too because they're so bad against the pass. But uh, of the 55 run snaps, this is from our boy Alex Kazora over at Steelers Depot, by the way, he tweeted this out. Of the 55 run snaps, Cam Hayward has been on the field for since returning. Offense is averaging 2.9 yards per carry, and they have one run longer than eight yards with Game Hayward on the field. So he makes a huge difference for the run game, huge difference for sure in that run defense. However, Arizona's pretty good at this. I think they will lean into it more than other teams will. They probably feel like they have an opportunity to pull an upset here, given how the Steelers play against everybody. They know they're going to be in the game uh, at the end of it. And so I think they're going to come out and try to establish a very physical mindset and really want to – beat the Steelers at their own game, which I'm sure Pittsburgh is going to be trying to run the ball as well. So Steelers run defense needs to bring it, I think. But also, yeah, I wouldn't sleep on this passing attack. I know the explosive numbers have been low, 
But the Steelers defense, one of the worst in the league, giving up explosive pass plays, um, one of the highest rates of explosive pass plays for opponents in the league. Uh, air yards, just overall, you know, 20 plus yard plays without it. Like it doesn't matter. You name it, they're bad at it defensively. So I am not totally comfortable, even with Minka Fitzpatrick, hopefully coming back this week, that they will be able to completely shut down that part of what Arizona does. Even though this is a pretty good defense, I could absolutely see an Arizona for their standards doing relatively well in this game. Particularly running to the right side. So like Will Hernandez, I think is a pretty capable right guard, former second round pick of the Giants. And and now I think has had a bit of a revival in Arizona. Paris Johnson, we've talked about him because we talked about Roderick Jones a bunch. Like he's, I think a similar type player, great run blocker already, I think in his NFL career, coming along decently well as, as a pass protector as well. You know, they're really similar players. Really, they really are. Um, and so that's going to be the challenge. Like they're going to probably try to tire out TJ Watt by just running at TJ Watt a ton um, to start out this football game. The one thing that I want to bring up matchup wise, now that we're getting a little bit into Arizona specifically, is the Trey McBride note. So he's been awesome the last month of the season. I mean, you know, Zach Hurts gets waived today. You know, wants to go to a competitor, but also I think Arizona is probably more comfortable with it because they just feel they have a guy now. The Steelers, I don't know if we've talked about this. The Steelers have been incredible against tight ends this season, um, which is shocking to me because Minka was out for a while, because, you know, the linebacking core now obviously is missing a guy like Cole Holcomb, a guy like Quan Alexander that you think to a degree would, would, would factor in there. They have PFF's highest coverage grade on targets at tight ends. Um, oh. They are fourth in EPA per dropback allowed uh, on targets to tight ends and are first in the NFL. Nope, sorry, second in the NFL um, in success rate allowed on passes to tight ends. So, you know, maybe some of the overall stats, like let's see, receptions there, middle of the pack, but on, a, on a, an actual like how much, the, you know, the, the play matters um, to the grand scheme of converting to first downs or scoring points. The Steelers have actually been really, really good at covering that tight end position. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be big in this matchup. Thank you, David and Joku, for all those drops. That uh, wow. helps. <laughs> um, but no, that, that is true. That is a good point. I had not thought about that. Uh, that is probably a key part of this, especially with how much McBride has been a big part of what they do defensively. And we'll see who draws that matchup as well. Uh, one thing for sure, I do not want to see Keanu Neal back out there when he is healthy. I want to see Trenton Thompson uh, out there and playing that position. Even if they go three safeties, I'd like to see Thompson in that role, uh, even with Minka back. Hopefully with Thompson and KZ back there, if that is – how they play things. Minka can be in the box more. And even if they play with four down, two linebackers, and then you play, you know, a dime or something like that. Um, you know, I I would, whatever you play, if you're playing nickel or dime defense uh, throughout the rest of the game, uh, that Minka can be in around the line of scrimmage. Perhaps he is one of those linebackers. If you're going, I guess it would technically be dime, like, or like a big dime or a small dime, I guess, uh, type of defense, because you'd have Minka in there instead of, Michael Walker could be something that they try just because he's so ferocious in that area of the field has not been a role that he's really done much in his career. But look, when your team, when the team does one thing as well as this team does and and nothing else, you got to try and take that away with everything you can. And so I'm encouraged by the tape I've seen from the Steelers run defense recently. This will be a fun test for them though, in this way, that will probably be the part of the game I'm most intrigued by other than just in general, the general intrigue with how Kenny does each week. Um, because I think that that this should be where Pittsburgh really their strength against against Arizona's strength um, will be telling if they can shut down what Arizona's doing in the run game. Um, and I don't, against like matchup wise, they're still have the talent advantage. Um, if they can do that, I think that it'll, 
it will make life a lot more uncomfortable for Arizona, especially if there's some points on the board, which would help get them away from running the ball if they could ever get a lead <laughs> more than one score. Yeah, that'd be nice. No, that, that is, I agree. That is, I think, where the whole thing boils down to is just leaning on them and just rotating the backs. Both guys should be successful, um, in particular, how you attack this defense. Also, just I had to look it up because you made the joke. They have had the second most drops by tight ends against them. So it, it actually was a, a fair shout. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it you really guys have everything over to, there. BFF yeah, yeah, it was it was a good call. Uh, but there's they're still they're top three in yards per coverage snap and defensive yeah. stops. So it's a lot of like when when teams throw underneath the tight ends, they're just crashing and, and making the tackle. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I think this is a game where like combined they should have 200 rushing yards. Like I really feel comfortable saying that. Yeah, it could be pretty could be pretty old school type of game, honestly, in that regard. Um, I tried to find some things formationally just to prepare people. They really are kind of middle of the pack and everything formationally. Like they are higher on the end of 13 personnel. They actually run the second highest amount of 13 personnel in the league after Kansas City. Um, Pittsburgh, by the way, Alex Kazor also pointed this out, I believe, this week that they just had more 13 personnel snaps in the last game than they did any other, all other games combined this season uh, for the Steelers. So part of that's Pat being back, obviously, but it appears they are going to try some three tight end things uh, with the guys that they have. Some of that's just having a bleed. <laughs> You'll see a little more of that when teams have leads. Um, Arizona, uh, 14% though, 13 personnel. So we'll see if that changes with Ertz now out of the line. Has he been hurt recently? Zach Ertz? Yeah, he's been hurt and, and recovering. And yeah, obviously okay. now no, no longer on the roster. But yeah, he hasn't played in a while. Okay, yeah, he hasn't played much this season, I feel like. Yeah, but so we'll so that probably won't change much depending on him, but there are other tight ends. Uh, we'll see if they get those guys involved at all uh, in this one, but more than likely it's just they want to be able to pound the football when they run that way. Um, and they've got, you know, a guy that made his career as a blocking tight end like Jeff Swaim and some others in there, and so that is likely how they'll uh, try to establish things. But, yeah, nothing crazy about their percentages in other areas, I felt like. Um, as a team, they are pretty much in the teens and – Everything else, like 11 personnel, 12 personnel, formational usage, they're pretty varied. They go single back. They'll go shotgun. Uh, they don't really do eye formation very much. Uh, you won't see them in that type of an alignment. But other than that, lots of multiple stuff. Yeah, I think they're more a little more interesting or unique on defense um, and some of the things they do. I think you'd be surprised with the Gannon team. They are uh, top five in the rate of loaded box counts on uh, defense. They – um, run top five amount of base packages. So they're, they're, I guess, taking DBs off the field maybe makes sense after our conversation of you and I trying to figure out who their cornerbacks actually are. But uh, we also didn't know who the linebackers were either. So, uh, but anyway, all, all jokes aside, like it's it's a bit of a heavier personnel, and I think they probably do that because of how deficient they are up the middle. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, even though we're saying you should run against them, you know, it is going to be against, you know, seven, eight, plus guys in the box um, and them trying to force you again, I think to just, you know, throw the ball short uh, and, and just have to convert a bunch of plays to, to, to sustain a drive, which still Pittsburgh should be able to do. Um, and they also formationally, it's not just personnel wise, like they'll do some cool stuff. They've had some amoeba like type setups where you have no clue who's coming on a certain pass rush and not even sim pressures, but just like, bizarre alignments of, of of who's back there you know Gannon does some funky stuff um and I think you probably will see some of that try to confuse Kenny confuse the offensive line a bit with kind of just where guys are standing mugging the a gap um you know green dog like a lot of they're gonna do a lot of different things um I, I think formationally on defense 
Yeah, man, it absolutely will test Kenny protection wise, at least, and, and, and some other capacities as well to make sure he's got some things uh, where he needs them to be. Um, anything else to say about the matchup before we get to this roster draft? Let's do it. Okay. I want to delay it as long as possible, but no. I was going to say, this is going to be very boring for Cardinals fans, I think. And uh, I don't think we're talking about some great offense in Pittsburgh, but or some great uh, roster in Pittsburgh, but just a sight better than this one. Um, okay, you, I, I think, is it your turn to pick first? Good question. I'm not sure. Well, who was the last, who did they just play? Bengals? Bengals, yeah. Did we even do, uh, it, was, uh, it was the holidays. No, you, we, we didn't do one, did yeah. we? You picked... Wait, I, I think I had the first pick because I picked TJ Watt and I was remember being torn about whether it was Miles Garrett or TJ Watt. And oh, for Browns. Him. Okay. Yes. That's that rings a bell. Yeah. So I think I'm up first this time. Oh, wait, no, it was Bengals. You're right. Yeah, but we didn't do one because of Thanksgiving. You just said that. Didn't we you? didn't do one. Right. All right. I was reading uh, while you were speaking. Um, say it again. I said I was reading while you were speaking, and I think I missed the fact that you just said what I just said. <laughs> All good. All good. Well, when that happens. Okay, uh, yeah, let's talk. Was- uh let's then let's have you lead it off then here. Will do, will do. Uh, it's that's a, be tough a tough miss one. too because Bengals would have been fun in the division. Pissed off some people with Jamar Chase picks. Well, they probably would have understood that one. But mm-hmm. all right, anyway, uh, I will start off with Mr. T.J. Watt. Pretty good pick. I will go. He's he's supposed to be back this week, so we're again we're healthy players from both rosters for players that are expected to be healthy and available for this week's game. So I will just go make a Fitzpatrick here. Your guy. That's fair. This can be a lot of Steelers. Uh, give me Alex Highsmith. Oh, okay, Alex Highsmith. It is. Um, when is the first Cardinal going to come off the board? Is very inter- would be a very interesting bet right now. Over under five because I'm taking Cam Hayward here. So we're at four. Back to you for f- back to you for the fifth overall pick. But you're third. Wait, who pick. is your set? Who is your? Oh, Minka, Minka, right, Minka right, and okay. Cam, and you have TJ. Yeah, I was going to do Cam, but we're just we're so high on Alex these days. I just yeah, went ahead and did it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'll take over five because I'm not taking a. I don't think I'm taking a Cardinal right now. Wow. Okay. I'm. Man, no, it's a lie. It's a lie. I'll take Buda Baker. Okay. Um, yeah, actually, uh, we'll talk with post show, and a mutual friend of ours was was had a funny anecdote about Buda Baker. We'll we'll talk about it after the show. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Um, interesting choice here. I, I, I the running back conversation is going to be a fun one here, and this is why I actually hope. That this is, if I'm just a, as a pure football fan, obviously as a Steelers guy, I'd love to see a dominant game knowing that I'm a Steeler guy and that's just not going to happen. And so uh, I would love to see kind of both these running backs, Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, and uh, James Conner, I guess all three of these guys in starring roles, because you're talking about the guys that basically lead the league and Warren and, and, um, and Connor in uh, miss for miss tackles, forced yards after contact. They are, they are the top guys right now in the NFL, both those guys. So you are going to see two of the most physical and aggressive running backs in the league um, this week and those two guys. And then there's Najee Harris, who, like, that is literally his running style. He just carried a half a team on his back for extra yardage this past week. So you will not see many more physical running back battles than this one on Sunday. So that should be a fun kind of added just stylistic layer to the game that I'm pretty excited about. So Buda Baker, our first Cardinal off the board at number five. I do think he is the best player on the Cardinals defense. I really want to see him on another team. Like badly. I want to see him on another team because I've always thought 
He's a good player, but they try to ask him to do absolutely everything. And I don't think he's really a free safety. Like, it's not that he's bad at free safety. He's fine. But I just want him closer to the line of scrimmage all the time. It's sort of a Minka situation in that, like, I wish Minka – like, Minka's a better free safety than Boot is. So, like, I'm happy with Minka at free safety. But I do wonder if, like, there would be kind of a role for him that could be even better, like, somewhere – like, if he were able to be more multiple or more diverse in his usage at times. Um, so, anyway, Buda Baker, good choice there. Uh, I am going to go – Back to the Steelers side of things, I think. And why not? Yeah, he's he's balling out lately. I'm gonna take Joey Porter Jr. here. I'm I'm this is the highest he's gone, I think, for us, but I'm I'm I mean, I'm all in right now. I think he I think it is, but I respect it. Interesting matchup here where he's battled with a lot of bigger guys. The average height of Cardinals receivers, I think, is about five nine. So, you know, that, that'll be a a change of pace. Uh, with Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, Greg Dortch, and, and I think Michael Wilson's the tallest one at like 5'10". Um, so that'll be fun. Hmm, I guess I'll, I'll stick with the young fellas. Give me Keanu Benton then. Okay, yeah. I think it's good. Benton, your fourth pick. Back to me. When will the next Cardinal come off the board? Let's see. Who are the top guys for the Cardinal for now? Marquise Brown, DJ Humphreys. I guess if you're into Paris Johnson like that, he was my OT one, but I wouldn't feel great about it. McBride, McBride's having a good year. We're not doing we're James Conner. So those are all offensive guys. Not doing quarterbacks. Yeah, defensively, I mean, it would be Jalen Thompson next probably. Or yep. if you were a big Ojolari guy, a big believer, which I don't know if I can get there. I am going to go ahead and go George Pickens. I I think it's a couple weeks now I've taken him over Deontay. I just think the consistency. He's like a little more consistent as a target. There are inconsistent things about him, of course. But when you throw him the ball, put it in his zip code, he's generally coming down with it. It's the most Steelers receiver quote ever that you just said George Pickens is more consistent. It's true. It's just funny. Uh, yeah, I was going to – I took Benton because I just knew we were going we to swap Steelers receivers there. So, look – he uh, he apologized for not caring at all about a fumble. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be motivated. He's gonna be inspired. I will take Mister Deontay Johnson. Good one. I'm glad he has come off the board and did not have to wait. His attitude may have been pretty poor on Sunday if he heard this podcast and realized how long he had to wait to be selected. I'm sure he would have taken it very personally. Uh, I am taking Jalen Warren off the board. Out of all these running backs, he is still my favorite right now, despite the fact that I have had an NFL career-long crush on James Conner's game. I absolutely love him as a player, but I'm still going to go Warren here. Yeah, I respect it. I respect it. Um, I'll take Marquise Brown, former Baltimore Raven, you know, member of the AFC North. When healthy, he has been a target hog, dating back to last year with Arizona, um, whether it was Kyler or not. Um you know, I think he gets viewed in the wrong light sometimes. Like, he's not just a slot only. He's not just a vertical threat. I think he can win on the outside, can win at the inter- intermediate level, can win over the middle of the field. Um, I think a more expanded route tree than certainly, certainly than coming in, but also I think than people probably give him credit for. Um, you know, needs to be a little bit more durable and consistent, but, but a good football player. So I'll take Marquise Brown. Yeah, he's never quite been as bad as the haters want to make him out to be, but yeah. he's also not been good enough for the haters to stop doing their thing either. Correct. <laughs> <It's> kind <laughs> of an interesting – where I felt like when he was drafted, it was kind of like, this guy's either going to hit or he's going to be a total bust, like a lot of receivers of his prototype are. And he's just been firmly in between that. And so it's just yeah. like everybody just wants to cling to their priors. The people who loved him probably still think if he just was in a better situation, you know, and other people probably think like, you know, he's, 
he's totally overrated and he's only getting thrown to because he's the only good guy there. But um, okay, here I'm going to go James Daniels. I think he's playing great football. I want to recognize it um, just really high on how he's playing. So I'll take him off the board with my sixth pick. So back to you for your seventh pick. Very strong. That's a good pick. Yeah, he does deserve a shout out. He, he's really been good the last month or so um, in particular. I think him and, you know, maybe that's part of the thinking with the Broderick uh, element was just let's get two really good athletes movers on the same side um even if Broderick is a left tackle like Sumalu's not you know quite that guy anymore so maybe that's part of the uh the thought process there did you take DJ Humphreys or no I did not take him all right well I think you're good now uh I'll take DJ Humphreys okay. uh a good pass protector not the greatest run blocker um but he can hold up Cool. Yeah. Uh, Humphrey's off the board that. Yeah, I, I agree. He was going to be actually my next choice. I, well, actually, I was going to take James Conner, but he would have been my next offensive lineman. I will go ahead and take James Conner now with my seventh pick. So pretty happy to get Warren and Conner, you know, considering we're not this isn't a running back hater podcast of which normally I would be right there aligned with you, Brad. But in this uh, in this exercise, I am taking the running backs. I think you are being a running back hater, though, because you've now taken two Pittsburgh Steelers running backs not named Najee Harris uh, in, you know, three rounds of, of uh, drafting. I am. A, yes, yes. This is all <laughs> just uh, me saying don't draft running backs higher. I'll never select them myself. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's what I was trying to say there. Um, I could. This is kind of Najee. back to draft priors almost at this point, because if you were a big Ojolari guy or big Paris Johnson guy, you yeah. may feel like pulling the trigger there. Jalen Thompson. I was thinking because they're both one of them is going to be gone. I guess I could just wait for you to take one and take the other um, of the tight ends. But they, they probably should be going off the board around this range now. Yeah, I'll t- I'll do it. I'll I'll take Fryermuth over McBride. I, I do think McBride is breaking out before our eyes right now. I was super high on him. He's a little undersized, but I remember that Senior Bowl, which was Kenny's Senior Bowl. I've talked about. It. I thought he had small hands. Uh, in, in person, you could see it. Um, but McBride was the best pass catcher of all people there, including receivers. He was the most natural, fluid catcher of the football. Um, I don't know. All that said, anecdote aside, I'll, I'll take Pat Fryermuth coming off a uh, career day. Did Pat? Uh, did McBride? What draft was he? Remind me. Twenty-one. Twenty-twenty-one draft. Or 2022. Okay. It was Kenny's draft. So 22? Uh, 22. Okay. Uh, yeah. Stand by. Hang on. I'm going to see where I had him ranked. I, I also oh, okay. liked him. Yeah. I think he was tight in one for me. I'm trying to remember. Is Dolce, it was probably between Dolce uh, and him. Dolce was ahead of him, but the, I said I called him two different, totally different types of players. For um, sure. I actually like Dolce. He just hasn't been healthy, really. When he's he's playing, good when, he, when he's healthy, but he has not yeah. been healthy. Yeah. He's on IR for the second time right now. So, yeah. So that probably, that's probably that. Um, yeah. That draft. Yeah, McBride's got a good chance to be a top guy. I'd say looking oh, Jake Ferguson's come on too. I did probably wasn't high enough on him. And looking down the board, the other guys um doesn't seem like I'm missing too much. Remember Isaiah Likely, that one week he had that was good and everybody like lost their minds. There's a lot of people after the Andrews injury that are like, Oh, it's all good. They got Isaiah Likely. Uh they'll be fine without Mark Andrews. I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Also, I don't Delaney Woods, where's he at? Delaney Woods has been hurt all year in Indy. He's had a hamstring. It's been he's been out since training camp with a hamstring. So it must be like a terrible, oh terrible hand. Yeah, I didn't realize it was the same injury. I knew he was out. I didn't realize it was the same injury. Same injury. They they kept asking the coach. Uh, they kept asking Steichen like, when is he? He's like, ah, oh, he's getting there. I'm like, it's been like four months. They're interesting <laughs> though. They hamstring. Yeah, I know. For it must he must have torn it or something. Yeah. Um, not to get into a larger conversation of draft tight ends now, but 
the Colts have like, like Alec Ogletree or you know Andrew Ogletree. I no one of the two. I don't know. Anyway, they have a rookie tight end, not the guy, the kid from Miami, um, or maybe he's a sophomore. I'm just rambling now. Anyway, the Ogletree guy on Indy, big fan. That's all I'll say. <laughs> oh, okay. Another another he block is he can block his socks off and they give him some targets. Some I'm a fan. Okay, there you go. Little sleeper pick. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. This is nine for me. You've got eight as well. Okay, so this is nine for me. Wait, you wait. Who did you just take? You took Pat, right? Yeah, Pat. Okay, so I should be Pat ahead of you though. Oh, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, you're right. I'm. T- I took McBride. I already wrote him in, but I just didn't say. Oh, it. I'm oh okay. Right here. Okay. So back to you for pick number nine. Yeah, it's getting hard. It is getting hard. I want to just go youth now. Like there are some probably better players, but. Yeah, you could just go Ojolari or Paris Johnson, Jalen Thompson yeah. sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. Roderick. I, I, I mean, Jalen Thompson should be the pick. That's the thing. Yeah. Like he is better than all. Yeah. You know, he's proven more at this point of his NFL career. I already have Buddha, though. Like, do I want both Cardinal safeties? <laughs> that, doesn't, um, that doesn't matter for this. I know. I just decided to view it that way for some reason. Yeah. I'm going to take a young, uh, young emerging tackle. Paris Johnson was my, was also my, my OT one um, in, in the class. Is that true? No, no. Broderick was my OT one. Give me Broderick. Oh, okay. Give me Broderick wow. over Paris Johnson. Yeah. Great battle here, by the way, between the, the the consensus top two tackles. They weren't the top two off the board, but I think I'm pretty sure the consensus board of draft evaluators they were the top two. Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Were, Darnell was a late riser. Yeah. Because Darnell was a late riser. I had Darnell ahead of Broderick. I believe he's good, man. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think all of them have been like okay, but I've also seen ugly moments from all of them where I'm like, this could go either way. Where usually it's like they're a complete train wreck and they get better from that point, like an Andrew Thomas, or they're just like awesome, like a Wurfs right away. This has been like very down the middle. Like I don't really know how to feel about any of the guys yet. Like long term yeah. potential. Like, they all have potential to be good for sure. They all potentially be good. Darnell had a one's been the injury. best, maybe, I think. Who has Darnell? Dewan Jones. Do you think he's been the? Oh yeah, yeah. Dewan Jones, talent wise, probably was as good as these guys. He he fell for other reasons, but I would agree he's played the best of these guys. No question. Dewan was my number three. It was it was uh, for me. It was Paris. Uh, it was Darnell. Right. It was Dewan Jones. Then it was Broderick. Then it was Anton Harrison. And I didn't love any of them, but I thought they all had potential. Harrison's done pretty yeah, same thing. Like he's been yeah. all these guys. Yeah, same. Played. You're right. You're right. It's really been funny. They've all had like good games where people could like take a collection of stats and be like, look how good they are. And then you could watch them in their worst moments and be like, these guys are terrible. So a good mix. DJ Watt against Paris Johnson will be very intriguing um in this week. So um okay, so I have one pick left. One, two, three, four, yep. five, six, seven, eight. No, I have two picks. You have one pick left. Um Oh gosh, I'm gonna go Landon Roberts here. I just think he's been that good. We I don't even know if we've drafted him yet this year in this exercise, but he just deserves it, man. He's been awesome. So I'm taking him off the board. He does deserve it. And again, yeah, the Cardinals game is where deep cut Steelers should get there, should get drafted. Yes. Uh that yeah. Yes. I'll take Jalen Thompson, I guess. Okay. He he should be drafted in this draft. Um supplemental supplemental fifth rounder back when that was the thing. Uh, when was the last time there was a supplemental draft pick? Probably him. Um, maybe player. was I don't remember. Yeah, it probably was. Um, I'm gonna take Trenton. T- just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that eye on him yet. Another pick though, and he's gonna. I'm gonna take. Be him. honest, yeah. Be honest. I'm gonna take him. Um, there's some guys I can take from the Cardinals, but I'm gonna take Najee. I'm. I ended up with three running backs in this exercise, so 
don't yeah, don't please don't yell you, my team building. I I don't have Brad's philosophy in this, but <laughs> I did take two Cardinals, by the way. James Conner and Trey McBride. You took Buda Baker, Marquise Brown, Humphreys, Paris Johnson, and Jalen Thompson. Five. So you took your team is split. Five Cardinals, five Steelers. So I am a homer, clearly. Yeah. In yeah, I also be. just feel <laughs> first time. I was, just like, hey, I was like, someone's gotta draft these guys, you know, just <laughs> just to be nice. You're such a kind soul. Exactly. Uh, great. Uh clown play player of the week. Which tackle will it be? Yeah, I know. Both. Uh I mean, oh. Paris probably will get clowned at one point, but I'm gonna go uh with uh, one of the better names in the sport, but definitely one of the not better players in Hajalti <laughs> or Hjalti Froholt, however you say it. Uh, that the Cardinals center, uh, who came over from what the Patriots this past offseason, he's bounced around yeah. a little bit. Um, I know he was with the Pats at one point, or we'll see. No, Where I think you're from? right. He was, he was definitely with the Patriots. I think he's been with the Cardinals two years, though. Am I right? No, so it's Patriots, Cleveland, and then Cardinals this year for the first time. Oh, he actually, okay. was decent, I guess, with the Browns last year. Anyway, um, he's been struggling in particular in pass pro. I mean, he just gets blown up like off the ball all the time. I'm not sure he should be a center. Um, anyway, there's going to be a Keanu Benton or Cam Hayward snap. That is going to be ugly. <laughs> it's going to be quite unsightly for a young fella. Um, I'm going to go with, it's got to be a defensive player to me because of all the names we talked about defensively. Um, yeah, let's go with Clark. Let's go with Cottrell Clark, uh, as the player. I know, sorry, one of your draft guys, but yeah, I think he's going to get, I think he's going to get schooled pretty good in this game. I would say, um, it could also be Starling Thomas the fifth, but I do feel bad picking a guy that I've never watched play football before. <laughs> it feels almost like cheating, and I've actually seen Clark play. So I'm going to go with Clark for the clown play player of the game. Going to get mossed by somebody. I don't know. Him against Pickens would be quite absurd. Big I agree. No, 100%. It'd be a yeah. bad matchup for sure. It'd be, it'd He's what, 5'9", 5'10", like 175 pounds? If like, the Steelers use or get the ball to these receivers, it should be pretty ugly on paper because they have huge mismatches in this game. Yes, I would agree. Um, I could see him getting like stiff arm into oblivion by Pickens too, like after the catch. Uh, and I like him. I'm just I still feel I still stand by all those those statements. Yeah. No, there is there is a threshold of like you're you're I don't know enough about you slash like it's not even nice to call you a clown play because like you're just bad at football relative yeah. to these excellent football players. Um yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. I'll go for my splash play player of the game. I'll do it. I think I've done it a couple times now, but I'm going to say the guy who's going to put Hajalti Froholt, that's definitely not how you say his name, uh, in a blender, it's going to be Keanu Benton, who played a ton of zero tech in their past game. So he's going to be head up over the center, and I think he's going to swim this guy like Michael Phelps into Neptune, and that's going to be the, the splash play of the game. Yeah, I like it. I think Pat Frymuth has a red zone touchdown in this game. I know the Steelers scoring in the red zone isn't something that really happens, especially in the past game, but I am gonna I think it's gonna happen in this game. Cardinals are the opponent to do that. That elusive NFL thing that so few teams do score a touchdown in the red zone. I think the Steelers are gonna do it this week with Pat Frymuth. So there you have it. Our splash play and clown play players of the week, our roster drafts, and our preview of the upcoming game, Steelers against Cardinals, 1 p.m. Eastern. Next week, by the way, we'll try to start try to start rolling out our schedule for you guys. At a time next week, the Steelers play the Patriots on Thursday, so we will probably go Monday, Tuesday, as we normally do offense, defense, uh, depending on what most intrigues us. One of those days, and switch to the other side of the ball on the other day, and then 
We'll come back Friday, I think, probably. We probably won't have a preview, so apologies to everybody who loves the drafting uh, that we do with the rosters. We've got some comments about that, which has been awesome. But we probably will be Friday next week uh, getting into the Patriots game as much as we can, X's and O's wise, and leave you with that one before the new week starts. And then we'll find some content uh, for the week after that. So probably Monday, Tuesday, Friday, look for us next week. Um, coming at you on the airwaves appreciate all of you for listening as always ratings reviews are greatly encouraged and greatly appreciated also share this podcast and send it to people that you care about that also care about the Steelers we appreciate y'all we love y'all we'll catch you again next time on another edition of the Yin's No Ball podcast